Good morning and welcome to Unfailing Love with Kim. If you haven't got your coffee yet, you know the drill. Put me on pause and I'll meet you on the couch. So before we get started today, there was something I wanted to uh, mention. If you listen on a regular basis and you listen to last week's, you might have noticed that the transition music was a little bit different. And I think I'm going to try out one other one that's different today. And I would love to hear back from you guys as to what one you think is better. The one I've been doing for like a year. And so that's number one. Or number two, the one I did last week at the anniversary one, at the anniversary podcast. Or the one I'm doing today would be number three. So I would love for you to just send me in a vote one, two, or three. You can do that by emailing me at unfailinglovewithkim at gmail.com or at unfailinglovewithkim on Facebook. You can also leave me a voice message on Anchor, and that's anchor.f is in family, m is in marriage, slash unfailinglovewithkim. And on that, or you may have the app, but on either one, there should be a, a link where you click on it and you can leave a voice message. And you can just say one, two, or three, so I know what everybody's thinking, because I... I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one I want. My husband said he liked the new one I used last week. I thought we'd just throw in a third one to see how that works. So besides that, before we actually start the full podcast, um, I wanted just to say I last week I think was a little rough as far as I'm concerned, just because I had all these interviews to put together. And I, you know, I am not somebody who does a lot of editing with my podcast. I like my podcast to be raw and real. So whatever I'm saying, you're hearing. And hopefully I don't say things I shouldn't say, but yeah, I I just let it go. And so know that you are getting just me. I don't um, try and make, cover up mistakes I made. You may hear them, you may not. They may be mistakes that I can just rebound from. And sometimes they're a little bit bigger ones where I'm like, ah, I can't find my scripture or whatever. But if that happens, know that I I just believe in doing this raw and real. I don't want I don't want it to be a canned put together thing. And I don't have anything against people that do that, but mine I want just to be pure. So here we go. We're gonna talk a little bit about some things that were brought up during those interviews last week. So if you listen to those, you know that both my son and my son-in-law chose scriptures because I asked each of them to pick a, a scripture and both of them chose the same scripture, which was, I found very interesting. They both chose Ephesians 5 and 25. And 5 and 25, I'm just going to read that one first so you know how how impressed I was with both of them. They both start read the scripture, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself over for her. And I mentioned that most men, most husbands don't start there. They start a few verses ahead and we're going to talk about that now. So in verse 22, this is where a lot of men start. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So I'm actually going to go, and I did this at the, at the last podcast. I'm going to go one verse ahead. And in verse 21, it says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So 
if you go back to that place, then he's explaining what that means, submitting to one another. So by submitting to one another, wives, you're going to submit to your husbands as to the Lord. So you're going to submit and serve and love as if you're submitting, serving, and loving the Lord because he did that for you. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. So do churches just kind of cringe away from Christ or are they bold in Christ? So this isn't saying that you need to be some wimpy woman that just cowers to her husband. That's not what is meant by submit in this. It means that you are serving and loving your husband just as you would serve and love the Lord. Just as Christ submits and serves Christ. If you look at it in that, that, that lens, then hopefully you can see that this is not about a domineering husband and a submissive wife. That's not what this is about. Because it starts out submitting to one another in the fear of God. So we, we read the wives. Now look at the husbands. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself over for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So I think the men have a bigger responsibility. Women, we're supposed to submit and serve and both are submit to submit to each other. That's what marriage is about is submitting to each other. But women, we're supposed to, well, we have to be without blemish, right? We, we want to be, um, the woman wants to be that strong, loving, God-fearing woman at her husband's side. And that's what a man wants, right? He doesn't want a wimp. But the men... They're supposed to take Christ's role in this. We're the church. We're, we're doing as, as if we were the church and God and Christ is the head and they and husbands are doing Christ as the head to the church. So I, you know, that's a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility on both sides, but we are to submit. And that is, so I read, um, Ephesians five and 21 through 28. And now we're going to talk about submitting to God because submitting is, this is, this is what we're talking about is submitting, not just as husband and wife, but to God. And if we go to James four, seven, therefore submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So, but you have to submit to God, right? 
and then Matthew 22, 37 through 40 says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. So when it says to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, that is a way you submit, right? Is is by loving. And I don't just mean loving as in, oh, I love you. I mean in action. So that means serving the Lord too. That's a part of submitting is service. Service and caring and loving. And let's see, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself over for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. So we are supposed to imitate God. I want you to think about that and think about how Christ lived on this earth and showed us an example of how to love. Walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us. That's a big responsibility too, right? So we're supposed to love as Christ loved, be imitators of God. And Christ is the God man, right? He is God. So the next part is we need to, we need to submit to our neighbors and our enemies because we're supposed to love them. We talked about loving is a way of submitting. Now, we know the scriptures that say, um, let me see where it is. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use, use you and persecute, persecute you. That's in Matthew 5, 43 through 44. We're supposed to love those who curse us, who hate us, who spitefully use us and persecute us. And as I'm reading that, I know that when mine and Jim's relationship was really, really not good, he fit that for me. He was my enemy. And you know what? I hear people say all the time when they're talking about marriage, but you don't know what he does. You don't see what he says to me. Let me read that again. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what was said. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, and do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Love your enemies. And that may mean right now loving your spouse. I will tell you, if you do this and you do it continually, then you will begin to see that he is not your enemy. She is not your enemy. It's just a bad situation you've gotten yourself into, both of you, because you've, you've not continued to love each other regardless. And that's my, my kind of catchphrase is love regardless. Love regardless of what he says, does, feels, thinks, regardless of what you feel, think, do, say, love, 
regardless. And so that is, that's a huge one. And that's a hard one, right? It's hard to love somebody that you know does not love you. And that may be your spouse right now. But if you love them, and I mean loving them with action, I don't mean those empty words of I love you when you treat each other like garbage. I mean loving with action. We'll talk about that a little more. I'm going to take a short break so you can listen to the transition and let me know what you think. See you on the other side. Okay, our scripture of the week. I was really going back and forth with these, but I think that we are going to go with James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So when things are going rough, we need to submit to God, to seek God. When we submit to him, that means we are in his word. We are on our knees. Our hands are raised in worship. That is submission. Submitting to his plan, not our plan. So again, James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I love that. Lord, I submit to you, and I, I just want the devil to be kept at bay. So have a great week. That is our scripture. Hi, and welcome back to Unfailing Love with Kim. Again, I want you to send me an email or a message on Facebook or a voicemail, something letting me know. I mean, if you know me personally, you can just let me know, but um, letting me know which of those transitions you prefer. One was what I did the whole first year. Two was last week during the anniversary episode and three is what I'm using today. So all I need is the number. If you want to give me more information or share or, or ask questions or whatever, I'd love that as well. But for sure, I want you all to just vote one, two, or three for me. So as we left off, we were talking about loving our enemy and that that may be our spouse. And I know that it was my spouse for a while and it was his spouse for a while. And you love regardless. And you start out by not saying anything negative. If don't engage in an argument for argument's sake, And if you choose to argue because you think it's an important subject and you need to have this discussion, do so with respect, keep your voice lowered, never threaten divorce, never bring up old, old things that have already been dealt with. You need to fight fair if you're going to fight, but I'm going to tell you rather than fighting against your spouse, I want you to fight for your marriage. Think about that. You guys are a team. You're a team. That should mean something, right? I'm going to kind of go off off beat here and share a little something with you. My husband and I are doing a a devotion right now. Um, The devotion is called A Little God Time for Couples. It doesn't have an actual author, so I think it's a bunch of authors, but the publisher is Broad Street Publishing. And this is talking about winning teams. And this is, this one goes through day by day. So today was July 2nd, right? We, we did it at three o'clock in the morning before he went to work. And, but the title is winning team. And it gives a scripture of Romans 15, five and six. 
May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with, with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So teamwork, that means you're fighting for your marriage. You're not fighting against each other. Let me tell you, let me read to you what it says after the scripture. It says every year we hear stories about a mediocre or average high school football team winning game after game, triumphing, triumphing, can't say that, triumphing over the superior squads and being crowned champion. These are great heartwarming stories, but what is the secret to their success? It's teamwork. Winning teams labor together putting their individual desires aside and celebrating the combined skill of the whole. Together, they are stronger, a stronger unit than just a collection of individuals. It's like that in marriage, working together, appreciating the abilities each of you possess and encouraging each other in times of distress will bring the two of you closer. Harmonious marriages are made of two people working in tandem and listening to the Lord. So that is what you need to get to with your marriage. And if you just sit around waiting for him to do it or her to do it, it's never going to happen. Take responsibility for it and do it now. Let me read a part of this. Let's see. Hang on just a second. Winning teams labor together, putting their individual desires aside and celebrating the combined skill of the whole. So you need to put your desires, your personal desires aside and love on your spouse. Because isn't one of your desires actually to have a loving marriage? And if that's the case, you're not putting all your desires aside, but you're putting your own selfish desires aside. The things that you want to do that he or she doesn't. The things that you do that really irritate him or her. Take note of those things and stop doing them. I'm not going to say it's going to happen overnight. You didn't get to this place overnight. This was a gradual decline of your relationship. And both of you have responsibility in that. And that means I don't care whether I'm talking to the husband or wife right now. It is your responsibility to begin to mend it. And do you think you can do that on your own? Of course not. You need to go to God and you need to pray fervently for you to be strong and, and follow after loving your husband and pursuing him, following after or loving and pursuing your wife. Then you need to pray for your spouse. So what did it say over here? Uh, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for them. When you have an enemy, the best way you can beat that enemy is to pray. So that's where we're going to start today. If you haven't been doing this yet, if you have been coming along this, this journey with me, then you already know to say nothing negative. And I don't know how deeply we've talked about this before, but you should be praying for your spouse night and day.
You should be praying for you to have the attitude you need to truly love your spouse and set your selfish desires aside. And then you need to start doing nice things for your spouse, loving them through action, whether that's a note you leave for them, telling them how much you love them, whether men, you bring flowers to your wife, whether you get up early and make sure the coffee's made or make them breakfast, whatever it is that, that will make them happy. And you need to look for that within them. If you don't have the five love languages, I suggest you get it. It was given away. Oh my gosh. I had five love languages for children, five love languages for teenagers and five love languages for families. And they all got given away. So hopefully at the second year anniversary, when we do this again, you'll be letting me know that you're listening so I can add you to the drawing. But the five love languages let you see what your love language is, but also what your spouse's love language is. Because for me, getting a nice note from my husband might warm my heart, but maybe it doesn't for him. Maybe for him, it's that I get up early and make his breakfast or make his lunch to take to work. So there's different love languages that we have, and you need to be loving to his or her love language, not to your own. And I still make that mistake sometimes. Okay, so the next thing we're going to move on to is Jesus' example of submitting and serving. And I'm going to talk about when the disciples were together and Jesus rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he had which was, which he was girded. Sorry. Then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, you are not washing my feet. Lord, you are washing my feet. Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him. If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Then Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but he is completely clean and you are clean, but not all of you for he knew who would be, but not all of you, meaning somebody here is not clean for he knew who would betray him. Therefore, he said, you are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garment and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, and you say, well, for so I am. I then, if I then, your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. That right there is an example of submission and love and serving. That's in John 13, four through 14. So he has set the example of how to love. Now I will, um, the next step is something that when you, especially when you are fighting, you know, I mentioned fight fair, you don't bring up divorce. 
You just never bring up divorce because that's not an option. You have to have, um, we have rules of engagement. And I'll go over that again maybe next week because we're running out of time here. But rules of engagement are rules that you follow when you're having a disagreement. And one of those rules is failure is not an option. Divorce is never to be brought up. But in this society, we have a throwaway society. And with that is throwaway relationships. When it gets hard, you just get out. And then you go find somebody else that gives you that, that giddy feeling. And you marry them. And guess what? The same thing happens there. Because you didn't take the time and effort and sacrifice to love the person you're with. It's not about the person they are. It's about the person you are and the person you are to them. So I'm going to go ahead and close here. I've already given you all the uh, contact information at the beginning, but I would love to hear from you about the different um, transitions, but I'd also really love to hear about your heart. What is resonating with you? What is a struggle for you? Any questions you have, celebrations you have, please just reach out to me. We're going to go ahead and close in prayer right now. Father God, we come before you and we rejoice in you. For you are our God. No matter what else is happening, no matter what's happening in the world, no matter what's happening in our home, in our relationship, you are steadfast. You are a rock in our salvation. You are who you say you are. And Lord, we ask that you would help those who are listening today and struggling in their marriage, that you would help them, Lord God, to see how to submit and serve their spouse, how to submit to you. And Lord, those who aren't struggling, that they're doing fairly well, keep them on that right track. Help guide them to becoming closer to you and then closer to each other and loving through action, word, and deed. I do believe in saying I love you, but we need to show love. Help them to see that, help, it, help Lord God for relationships to be mended, hearts to be mended. Father, I thank you that you have allowed me to be a part of this. And I ask that you always continue to work through me and through this podcast to help couples Learn to love, submit, and serve each other. And I praise you and I glorify you in all that you are and all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.